Not to worry, I am actually going to cover NVIDIA's earnings today, but I want to lead with the story of a COVID-related lawsuit against Canada's federal government. Also, Dollarama is hoping to settle its own class action lawsuit. Grocery price hikes are moderating, but the battle rages on, and Ford is lowering prices on its Mach-E electric cars. Today is Thursday, February the 22nd, 2024. Here are today's top stories. A group of Canadian manufacturers of COVID-19 protective equipment, they're pursuing over $5 billion in damages from the federal government. And they're alleging that Ottawa misled them about purchasing and supporting their products back during the height of the pandemic. The companies and their industry association, they filed a statement of claim in federal court, and they're accusing the government of making negligent representations that induced investments in personal protection equipment. The PPE we heard so much about back in the day. Uh, they also talked about innovations, manufacturing, um, and production. Now, according to the statement of claim, the government's alleged misleading statements about markets, direct assistance, flexible procurement, and long-term support over a three-year period that began back in March 2020. These have resulted in significant losses for the manufacturers. The companies themselves and the Canadian Association of PPE Manufacturers, they assert that Ottawa's misrepresentations have led to approximately $88 million in investment losses and projected lost market opportunities that exceed $5.4 billion um, over a decade. The claim also alleges that despite promises of direct support in a 10-year contract with the industry association and the businesses, the government didn't fulfill its commitments to procure the protective equipment from Canadian companies. Instead, it allegedly favored foreign competition and it denied these domestic manufacturers fair access and strategic stockpiles. Now, furthermore, the claim suggests that the government's guidance, uh, which promoted cloth masks over the manufactured ones, was inappropriate, and it contributed to uh, lost market opportunities for Canadian companies. The federal government hasn't yet responded to the allegations, but obviously, as this case unfolds, it'll go to, it's going to have the opportunity to answer the allegations. This claim uh, really underscores a special relationship between the government and the manufacturers, which uh, allegedly, according to the suit, gave rise to a duty of care towards small and medium-sized businesses that pivoted their, uh, their production uh, equipment during the pandemic. NVIDIA has reported its Q4 2024 earnings. Once again, it showed very impressive financial results. And again, uh, it exceeded analysts' expectations. The company reported record revenue of $22.1 billion for the quarter, and that compares with $6.05 billion in Q4 2023. That's a 265% increase. Gap earnings per diluted share, they came in at $4.93. That compares with only $0.57 cents in Q4 23. That's a 765% increase. Non-gap earnings per diluted share, $5.16 this quarter. That compares with $1.06 back in Q4 2023. A $486 increase there. Full year revenue came in at $60.9 billion in fiscal year 2024. That compares with $27.02 billion back in fiscal year 2023, an increase of 126%. The company also reported record data center revenue, $18.4 billion in Q4 2024. That compares with $4.47 billion in Q4 2023. Again, a 409% increase there. NVIDIA's CEO, Jensen Huang, he attributed the success to the staggering demand that we're seeing right now for accelerated computing and generative AI. He highlighted the pivotal role of NVIDIA's data center platform, which experienced uh, nothing short of exceptional growth, uh, particularly in industries such as automotive, financial services, and healthcare. However, despite its 
amazing performance, I would say, in this last quarter here. NVIDIA does face its share of challenges in its data center business. Most notably here, a significant decline in revenue from China due to increased uh, U.S. licensing requirements. CFO Colette Kress disclosed that data center revenue out of China dropped significantly in the fourth quarter, and this reflects geopolitical tensions that are impacting NVIDIA's operations. Also, while NVIDIA does obviously maintain its dominance right now in the AI chip market, it does face intensifying competition from rivals. We're talking about companies like AMD, we're talking about Intel. Uh, both of these companies are aggressively uh, investing in their own AI chip capabilities. That will pose a formidable challenge to NVIDIA's market position. Um, also, NVIDIA's reliance on uh, large cloud producers for a significant portion of its data center revenue uh, that exposes it to uh, risks that are associated with shifting customer preferences and of course the emergence of in-house AI chip development. Now in response to growing competition and evolving market dynamics, NVIDIA is proactively engaging with major tech firms to explore custom chip solutions. This strategic initiative aims to address the evolving needs of customers, and it does maintain NVIDIA's competitive edge in this rapidly evolving AI landscape. Dollarama, which has stores pretty much everywhere across Canada's retail landscape, it's reached a proposed $2.5 million settlement in a class action lawsuit over its pricing practices. The lawsuit, which is spearheaded by Montreal law firm um, LPC Advocates, that re revolves around allegations regarding Dollarama's pricing uh, practices that are subject to an environmental handling fee, or EHF, and the plaintiff alleges that the uh, retailer failed to properly display prices and it charged amounts that were higher than permitted by law. Richard Powers, he's an associate professor at the University of Toronto's Rotman School of Management. He noted that while um, the settlement amount may be a fraction only of Dollarama's overall revenue, it does underscore the importance of addressing reputational concerns. This legislation mandates that the company displays the full price of a product to ensure transparency for customers. And this is a crucial aspect, he says, in fostering trust and adherence to legal standards. The big question to those of us watching this video and who have shopped at Dollarama, of course, is how rich are we going to get when this suit is finally settled? Well, here we go. Eligible customers who purchased products that are subject to this EHF from Dollarama during specific time periods may claim a gift card with a maximum value of $15. That's maximum $15. Uh, the deadline for submitting the email addresses for claimants is April 5th, 2024. You don't need to have any proof of purchase. However, um, Zuckerin does caution that a high volume of claims may potentially reduce the gift card amount per person. So somewhere probably between a penny and 15 bucks. The class auction lawsuit uh, also encompasses other retailers. So we have companies like Shoppers Drug Mart and PharmaPri. In these cases, neither of these companies has filed a settlement, at least to the time that I'm filming this video here. As the Dollarama settlement awaits court approval, it just serves as a reminder of the legal and reputational risks that are associated with pricing transparency. The outcome of this case will hopefully uh, help shape future prices within the retail industry and uh, emphasize the importance of consumer trust and adherence to legal standards. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Harvest ETFs, where they believe in building and preserving wealth through long-term ownership of high-quality businesses. So whether you're into equities or fixed income, they've got the right blend of products to help you reach your financial goals. 
At Harvest ETFs, their core offerings revolve around covered call strategies, helping to generate income for their shareholders. To highlight a ticker, HHL, that is the Harvest Healthcare Leaders Income ETF, it has over $1.4 billion in assets under management, provides investors with an 8% plus yield, and has exposure to 20 large cap global healthcare stocks. And this, of course, is just one of their many offerings. If you are into fixed income, their fixed income ETF focuses on U.S. Treasury ETFs that has a covered call um, option strategy overlay that delivers high monthly distributions to its investors. They also have all-in-one solutions like HDIF, the Harvest Diversified Monthly Income Fund, that makes portfolio allocation a breeze. So whatever you're in the market for, Harvest ETFs is a game changer for income investors. Their consistent returns, their strategic approach may perfectly align with your own financial goals. You can visit harvestetfs.com. You can click on the link in the description of this video to learn more about Harvest ETFs. Before we jump into the next segment of news, we'd like to thank our good friends and sponsor of today's episode over at Addy, a company that is absolutely changing the game for real estate investing. Until now, investing in real estate has been an asset for the rich, requiring big down payments and the headache of managing crappy tenants. Well, Addy is here to change that. As the largest real estate crowdfunding platform in Canada, you can now own fractional shares of real estate projects right in your home city with as little as a dollar. Yes, as little as a dollar. On their extremely modern and easy to use app, you can view projects available for investment and get exposure to the real estate game with a dollar amount that you feel comfortable with. Fair warning, when these new projects drop, they sell out quick, and rightly so, as Addy boasts over $800 million in total asset value, they've been providing investors with capital appreciation and distributions that were not possible until now. You can start building your own little portfolio of real estate projects in their Addyverse like I have, and you can try them out for completely free by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting addyinvest.ca. Addy is now available in all provinces and territories, and you can use our code BEVIS50, that's B-E-A-V-I-S 50, to get 50% off your Addy One membership. Once again, you can visit their website at addyinvest.ca, that's A-D-D-Y invest.ca or click the link in the show notes and be sure to use the code beavis50 for 50% off on your addy one membership growth in the price of groceries has slowed in line with the drop in the headline inflation rates recently but the battle between ottawa and the major grocers sure hasn't gone away according to stats canada the year-over-year growth in prices for food purchased from stores decreased to 3.4 percent in january that's down from 4.7 percent that we saw back in the December. But Sylvain Chalbois, he's the director of the Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University, he warns that the conflict here between the lawmakers and the Canadian grocers uh, is really showing no signs of slowing down. He does acknowledge the recent alleviation of supply chain pressures that has led to more manageable operations, more predictable margins for food companies. He does note also that consumers are benefiting from these improvements. He cited various categories such as meat, dairy, fresh fruit that have been experiencing uh, lower price growth. He said, things are easing for sure. If you talk to the food companies, they are seeing the same thing. Supply chains are much easier to manage right now and margins are more predictable. So it's not surprising that we're seeing consumers benefit. But as I mentioned, despite these encouraging signs in the CPI release, this standoff between Ottawa and the grocers over high prices is, is persisting. Charles Bois, he highlights the uh, growing impatience among MPs, and they are emphasizing their push for major grocers like Loblaw. They cite Walmart to adopt a voluntary uh, code of conduct. 
Now, so far, both of these companies have expressed reluctance to do this. They cite concerns that if, in fact, these are implemented, it could actually lead to price increases. He emphasized that everyone agrees that a code of conduct would actually help to increase competition overall. And we all know now that both Loblaw and Walmart are not necessarily adhering to a voluntary code. Now, amidst these regulatory disputes, the behavior of the actual customer of course, that remains a pivotal in, in shaping the grocery uh, retail landscape overall. Chabois has observed a growing trend, he says, of consumers seeking savings. So it's led to uh, more store visits and expanded shopping habits. But he does note that there has been a significant rise in the frequency of grocery store visits. Um, that is indicating a surge uh, of people looking for a bargain hunting, I guess you would say. He says that people are going to the grocery store way more often. The frequency rate for grocery businesses has gone up 32% in the last six years. So at the end of the day here, the data does suggest that there's a moderation um, in the grocery price growth. The underlying tensions between the regulators and the grocers are persisting. The evolving dynamics of the consumer behavior and the regulatory interventions uh, continue to shape Canada's grocery retail sector. And this underscores the need for collaborative efforts and a fair and sustainable marketplace for all stakeholders. Ford announced on Tuesday that it has significantly reduced the prices on its Mustang Mach-E electric SUV models by as much as $8,100 in some cases. They note a significant decline in sales throughout January. So Ford, which is the number two ranked U.S. automaker, it has adjusted prices of its lowest priced 2023 model year Mustang Mach-E variant down to 39895 That's down from 42995 previously. Um, similarly, the higher-end Mach-E GT, that's going to see price reduction of approximately $7,600. That now comes in at $52,395. And on top of that, um, other versions, which include the extended range premium variant, that will undergo a price decrease of $8,100, now priced at $48,895. Ford stated that these price adjustments are part of their ongoing efforts to adapt to the market to achieve the optimal mix of sales growth and customer value. The decision comes in response to a 51% decline in Mach-E sales in the U.S. in the month of January. They sold only 1,295 units uh, during the entire month. The price also uh, coincides with the loss of eligibility for a $3,750 tax credit uh, for the Mach-E since January 1st. And this follows new U.S. Treasury Department battery sourcing requirements, which are aimed at diversifying the electric vehicle supply chain away from China. Ford and other traditional automakers, they've actually slowed their EV push and they've opted instead or they're opting instead now to concentrate on their higher margin hybrid and gas-powered models. So it seems like we're going back to where we started here. The uh, strategic shift was obvious when Ford announced in January that it would be re reducing the production of its F-150 Lightning pickup truck and scaling back operation of that vehicle starting April the 1st. I'm always very appreciative of those of you who take the time to tune into this program. Thanks so much, and especially for watching here through to the end. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our Pulse newsletter. That goes out every weekend. If you haven't already done so, you can visit our Investing Academy website. I'll put a link for both the newsletter and the Academy in the video's description. Thanks again so much for watching. See you in the next video.